Get In Losers, we're talking about our feelings. So we are here with the one, the only, Bradley Flitner. Hey. Okay, so I call you Brad. Yeah. What do you want to be called? Brad. Okay. Always. Well, yeah, Bradley on like, I feel like on... Because that's like my name. Okay. I don't know. Bradley reminds me of when I was a kid. It reminds me like, of like... Like, I feel like I grew out of Bradley. Okay. It reminds me the opposite of like very mature, very business-like. Seriously. Mm-hmm. No. Bradley. Like when I was little, if I was in trouble, I could call Bradley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I like to be called Brad. Okay, so start by introducing yourself for everyone that doesn't know you. So, my name is Brad Flitner. I am from here in Evansville. Mm-hmm. Always have been. And I am a recent graduate of the University of Southern Indiana. Okay, record scratch, freeze frame. You guys, future Katie, past Katie, I'm not sure, <laughs> that is editing this episode right now with me and Brad is realizing that we were eating grapes this entire podcast. You guys, these dumbasses did not realize. Now my alarm is going off. We didn't even realize, or at least I didn't, that obviously the microphone would have captured the audio of us smacking our lips to these incredible cotton candy grapes. So that is so embarrassing. I wish that I could take out the lip smacking, however, we would lose the entire audio if I took it all out. So I'm sorry if you have that phobia of people eating, then I am so sorry. If it is a fetish, then you're welcome. Okay, resume to the podcast. With my master's in business administration, and I'm currently unemployed. Love that. What was your undergrad in? Entrepreneurship and management. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and HR. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. I didn't know you were HR. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'd ever work in HR? Well, I did HR like as an internship when I was in mm-hmm. undergrad and it was, uh, it was great. It's just all the HR departments are horribly understaffed. Right. Overworked. Right. Underpaid. Right. And undervalued. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> You're like, and ugly. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, they are like the stepchild of every business, except they're so necessary. Right. So not that I don't appreciate them or would want to contribute, but it's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be for a lot less money. Right. And so I kind of switched gears a little bit, but. So tell us, kind of take us through like your employee timeline. Cause you worked at USI for a little bit. I did. So when I graduated from USI, I was immediately hired. Now here's the problem. I like landed the most cush job I could ever find. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like way overpaid and like way easy and unrealistic. Um, <clears throat> not that it wasn't valuable or important and that my job didn't matter cause it did, but, um, there was just, what this... was your position? I was the administrative associate, senior administrative associate mm-hmm. to the vice president of enrollment. Mm-hmm. So basically I was just the vice president's secretary. Right. Like I just did. Yeah. So Brad had this like incredible office. <laughs> Oh my God. I had the it best office. It was so of, bougie. The president's assistant didn't mm-hmm. have an office like mine. Mm-hmm. Like it there's was, no reason I have this office. Yeah. It was stunning. And 
he just had like a lot of free time and it was like very flexible and it was so nice while I was like working on my master's yeah Mm -hmm. you got to like work on school on your downtime Um, I loved that yeah so I was already considering looking for a new job I started looking and then I found out they were just eliminating the whole department so my job wouldn't exist anymore anyways right so I basically got fired well, I kind of semi-remember maybe telling you that they would have hired you on in a different department. They did. They offered me kind of like a mystery position. Uh-huh. Like in admissions. They were, right. You know, like... And it was the best they could do. You know, I'm not... I love USI. I yeah. went back for my master's. Right. You love USI. Right. Like, um, it was just the best they could do at the time, but I wasn't very comfortable taking a mystery position. Same. And that's what happened. That I, was exactly what happened with me at Sodexo when right. they wanted to hire me back on after the pandemic. It was basically like, we don't really know because my marketing position got eliminated. Right. And I was like, I'm I'm just not comfortable with this ambiguous title. Like, I don't like that. Right. I need clear cut responsibilities right. before right. I sign up. Right. And also I would have taken a pay cut. Right. So, you know. And no was, office. No office. Different management. Exactly. Adjust. Yeah. And when I like mentioned those concerns, they were like, they kind of made me feel bad. Really? Or like saying like, you know, it shouldn't be about the pay. It shouldn't be about the office. Like it shouldn't be about this. And I'm like, yeah, it, it isn't all about that, but it is a, it, it's a factor. Definitely. I mean, we're going to think about those things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so then I decided to join the corporate world and. How did that go? Oh God, that was rough. So you got a job after USI uh-huh. in Evansville. Yes. Um, tell us about. Should we name our company? Mm, I think we probably shouldn't. We shouldn't, but we both worked there. Because I think we signed an NDA. Oh, I know we did. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, so we worked for a private equity firm Mm -hmm. um, in finance, and um, it's a global company, but it was uh, headquartered here in Evansville, and we both started during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, which is an interesting time to start for sure, because we started remote. (sighs) My gosh. Yeah, my last day at USI, they... Was the day they shut down? Was the day they shut down. Actually, mm-hmm. my it was my second to last day, and they went ahead and just said go home. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know. There there probably aren't very many people that like doing accounting work and, like, wire <laughs> yeah. transfers and, you know, working I with money really and clients all day. I think really analytical people would, but I think we're too creative. Everything's too and cut and dry, ADHD though. for that. Like, nowadays, you know, any job that you go into stuff is laid out for you so well that it's not like you don't even have to do anything like at our job what did you really have to do besides hit buttons right like it's not like you're you really have any type of control over anything or like you make any decisions or you're looking at you know sets of data and you're analyzing right I never did that did you ever do that I mean rarely in certain circumstances I would I would look at things and have to make a little bit of a decision but like it was so minor yeah a little bit and I think I had even though we had the same job Brad and I were on different teams so um we did have the same title um but we did do a little bit of different stuff and I think that was just the difference between our two teams I had a lot of issues with my team and I was pretty miserable during that job. Actually, I was very miserable. I was extremely miserable. I was very depressed. I would pretty much cry every day. I call me crying. Yeah. Several times. Call Brad crying. And of course I felt horrible because I, you know, when Brad was like encouraging me to apply and stuff, obviously we were both really excited. We thought a, that we would maybe be on the same team and at least in the same general team right and when we found out that we wouldn't ever work together i think that was kind of a little bit of a blow for me just because i wanted someone there that i knew and felt comfortable with um and then 
I just like didn't click super well with my upper management and I didn't like the way that I was treated and that was really hard and I was working about 60, 65 hours a week and so I barely got to see my son. I would like pick him up from daycare at five o'clock and then just get about half an hour with him and then put him down and then I'd work more. And it was just... Start over again. Yeah, I was just so miserable. The money was incredible. But um, other than that, that was <laughs> that was the only positive for me. Yeah. So it really sucked because Brad helped me so much during the days and um, it helped me get the job and just helped me with everything. And so I felt a lot of pressure to stay and like it kind of not be a slap in the face to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and also there was a bonus that I like obviously wanted Brad to get. It was like, what was it? 1200 or something? It was like two grand. You're like, yeah, it was, um, I was counting on that. Thank you. (laughs) No, because I mean, ultimately, like I told you every time I'm like, leave. Yeah. Like leave or talk to somebody. He would not have gotten it, which I think is such bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, because the employee after it was after three months, he would have gotten the, which I was there for three. No, it was after six months. Was it? It was like 180 days or something. I think it was like six months. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I know that I hit the mark. might have been 120 days. It might have been four months. Okay. I know I hit the mark, but he wouldn't have gotten it anyway because you had to be in good standing. And at my three month evaluation, my, I obviously was not in good standing. My supervisor, you know. Was mean. Was, you know, told me that I didn't know anything and I didn't and I. An idiot. Right. Right. Just, you know, told me how dumb I was every single day. Right. Um, Which like true, but also like. Not true. (laughs) I mean, it was just so hard. Well, and that was the difference between like your team and my team, like my team, my bosses, my managers, like I love those people. Like I love those people. We're still friends on Facebook. They They seemed so nice. So good to me when I left. Like Mm -hmm. they I mean, they're just incredible people. And that's the reason, you know, why I stayed as long as I did. And I know that's the reason why a lot of people stay as long as they do. You just had this awful team. And I hated that. That's why, like, when you were talking about leaving every day, or you talking about how horrible your team was to you, I would always go to my manager and talk to her and be like, I feel so bad. Yeah. And it, I think it's important. Like, it was not just me. Everyone on my team was was miserable. miserable. And they hated yeah they were cold yeah they were stern yeah they were dry we had like a team meeting every day um which brad's team didn't but we had a um team phone call every day at the same time um it was so cold painful to sit through in the five or six months that i worked there um out of my six or seven team members um, three quit mm-hmm. and then I quit. So four out of the six quit. In like that four should months. say something. Yeah. That should say something. Yeah. And it was just, it was, rough. it's shocking to me that, um, those supervisors are still in those positions. And I think that everyone's experienced bad supervisors. This was not my first time, bad management. Right. That's not unique. Um, I think this was like the pinnacle of bad yeah, management. However, though. it shocks me that in such a, um, supervisory role in such a large company um, that they would not be reprimanded yeah, for the way they behaved. That yeah. that was going undetected, and yeah. it still is, I assume. Extremely that unprofessional. Me. It shocks me. Uh-huh. Um, so, anyways, uh, you know, now we're both out of that job, and tell me kind of what you're doing now and how you feel now, what your life is like now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, see, here's the thing. So I'm doing nothing. So Brad, like, 
I know you did quit, but like, it wasn't like me. Like I quit. I kind of had to quit. Yeah. I had some circumstances that kind of flipped my whole life upside down. Right. Now, and, and my team was like so understanding. Yeah. I mean, they were awesome. So, I mean, to give context, because I don't mind giving the context. So, lost my mom in December, pretty tragically, pretty unexpectedly, very suddenly. Um, You know, my mom was not in the best health, but, like, it wasn't like I figured she'd die tomorrow. Um, So, anyways, um, I took some time off work. My team was so accommodating. That's so good. Like, they were absolutely incredible. Um, I was scheduled to go back to work. I actually took like three and a half months off work. Really? I took I don't a feel lot like it was of time. That long. Yeah, I did. I took wow. a lot of time. Well, and my team said like absolutely take that time. Like, right. I mean, you're never gonna lose your mom again. You have got to like get through the grieving process. Right. I went to counseling. I saw a grief counselor, a regular therapist. Like, mm-hmm. we, you know, so Do we you went feel through... like during that time, I don't want to say like. Oh, you got over. Obviously, there's no getting over. Right. But do you feel like during that time you healed at all? Or was it just staying alive, trying to get through day to day? It was hard because we were already in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was already isolated. Mm -hmm. That's what was, I think, difficult. Everybody that I know of literally was there for me, though. Yeah. Like, everyone was there for me. They were, like, I have great people in my life. It was perfect. You genuinely have the best friends. Mm -hmm. And while I think you should be grateful and you should be, it's because you are such a good friend. You are so... Yeah, thank you. You are such a good person. And, And the energy, like, for people that don't know Brad, I can't even describe his energy when I first met him, which we need to talk about as well. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Our meeting and stuff. But when I first met him, I really had never met anyone with such just warm and kind energy. Um, That's got to be a lie. No, I swear. So much so that I remember like when we first met, like my, I don't know, sophomore year or something Uh that I was like, didn't know how to approach you, didn't know how to. I'm like, I didn't know how to handle you. Us, <laughs> but like us gays are so like catty. You know I, what I mean? Like I'm the devil, actually, I think in my head. Like no, I am the just, devil. I mean I'm hateful, spiteful, and what, vengeful. No, you're not. Like you're <laughs> funny. And we yeah, we like gossip and stuff like freaking, you know, eighty year old women, but yeah. Um, I think there's a difference between being catty and being malicious. Like right, there's no malice, right, right, right. there's no ill intent, right. really. Right. Like I we're would like, die. We're like we talk shit, but we're nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I would really die for no. I anyone, know you would. Yeah, but at the same would. time, like I will lay into you like nobody's business. Yeah. Like, don't you dare have a hair out of place because yeah. I'll point it out. I came over here the other day and I was like, "This is broken." Brad's like, "You. This need looks like trash." New windows. You need. I know. I was like, "Get blinds." Need... I was like, "What's wrong with you? Your blinds still have strings on them." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Brad keeps me in check, but also. Um, yeah, you're just the best and I just love you. And I Aww. think I think that the energy you put out is 100% the type of relationships and friendships that, yeah. um, and it just reflects in your life a lot. Well, and I agree. I mean, like, I just, I know that I have so many good people in my life that, you know, I'm very grateful for everyone that I have. Like, if I had to pick up and, like, make new friends, mm-hmm. like, if I had to move to a new city and make new friends, I would, I have no idea how I would do it. I know. How terrifying. Because, like, I would never find people like I have here. Yeah. There's, there's literally no way that I would ever find the people, like, the support that I have mm-hmm. here. Like, I would have to 
build from the ground up again. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. But um, so back to SSNC. Yes. Um, I left. Um, for so a now while. we're into. You said that you took that three month leave. Yes. Um. Well, so so I was scheduled to go back on, like, April 1st or something. So that was, honestly, I actually think that's, like, five months, nine days. So anyways, I took a lot of time off. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of it was not paid. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there are so many places that would absolutely be like, no way, you're fired. Like, Mm -hmm. no way. I mean, my team picked up my work and... And you really, like they were so good to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you like weren't really sure at that time, kind of what your plan was, if you were going to go back. Right. If, yeah. Well, because I didn't know. I mean, for anybody who's listening that doesn't know what it's like to like have to pick up the mess of someone dying, mm-hmm. it's it is ridiculous. It is exponentially more than you could ever think. Like, mm-hmm. just all the work that goes into it, not just financially, mentally, mm-hmm. like physically. I mean, like you have to be present. Mm-hmm. for so many things I had to go like yeah. you have to pick out things like you know no one tells you that you yeah. have to like yeah. like if you lost your mom tomorrow would you probably be the one who would make a lot of the decisions 100 percent. so yeah. you'd have to pick out her outfit right but you know what I mean like that itself I is think such the advantage, a debilitating or the disadvantage that you had going into it which I don't I don't know totally your family dynamic mm-hmm. but from kind of what you told me it seems like you were the person that did everything even though Brad does have siblings and family members yeah it seemed like he was the the main guy he I have, I was two, the decision maker i have one other person in my family as my cousin misty mm-hmm. she graduated that I, I think i met her maybe yes you funeral. did okay. yes um she graduated with her master's in nursing so she's a nurse practitioner now mm-hmm. and so we're like the ones that are responsible like put mm-hmm. together and, and really that's a lie i mean we're just like we're like propped up you know like mm-hmm. You know, if you look behind us, we're all duct taped together and stitched up. But like... isn't everybody. Exactly. <laughs> you but... guys are the two that have semi-stable enough lives. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So we we had to pick up that mess. But, um, so yeah, if, if there's anybody who, you know, is listening that doesn't know what that's like, it's a lot. So I took about four months. I didn't even know if I was going to go back because I was, you know, thinking about long-term, like, Am I ever going to be better? You know, am I ever going to, am I ever going to want to get out of bed again? Mm -hmm. First of all, I know I will someday, but when is that? I'm not going to have my company sit here and wait on me. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I was scheduled to go back April 1st and then on March 27th, my brother died. So I was like, okay, I called him and was like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I hate to tell you this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm done. Again, unexpected. Yeah. Totally. Very traumatic. He had two young kids. Mm -hmm. It was like out of the blue. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was just a bad year, mm-hmm. so or a bad six months. I mean, not even four months apart, mm-hmm. and it was... You were just kind of... I was just getting to the point where I was getting, getting out, out of bed. bed. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was, like, finally right. going to things, talking to people, like... Being a person Playing again. video games, like, yeah. something that's, like, simple, but, like, took so much effort that yeah. I, like, used to do with my friends. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... I'm literally going to cry, but, like, <laughs> oh, I just... I don't know. My so, heart broke for you. It's because... okay. Therapy helps. Yeah. Therapy really helps and good people help. And being able to separate from my employment in that way with like my team, like supporting me and being there for me. Like yeah. they, they were like, no one shamed me for leaving. They were like, yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, like they even told me like I could stay part time if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know that was an option. They mm-hmm. offered me part time. 
like if you want to keep your job like we would hate to see you go we love you you're such a good asset to the team like Mm -hmm. i love them i had nothing but good experiences with my team and i mean like to go back to kind of what we were talking about before we got into like sad world (laughs) is like it it just so depends on the people that you're around yeah like because that was the difference between our jobs yeah like and you hated your job every day like would call me crying several times a week right and again it wasn't the job it wasn't what i was doing it was just the people yeah yeah if you were appreciated Mm -hmm. if you were like supported Mm -hmm. if you were uplifted inspired it would have been a completely different ball game but like you just weren't like i had all of those things that you didn't and and that's like you know you said you felt so bad for like leaving and like you didn't want to go because i wouldn't get that bonus or whatever but like i only talked to you into coming because like it was wonderful Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I hated that you had such a bad experience. That was, like... And that's the flip side. That's why I don't really trust reviews on companies, like, on Indeed or something. Because, like, all it takes is one person to have a horrible experience to land, you know, like, an entire company. Right. Like, in hot water. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, then you decided that you weren't going to go back. No. In early April. Yeah. And... And you also decided that you weren't going back and that you were done. Forever. Well, that was in December. I quit in December. You did not. Yeah. It was uh, It was before Christmas. Yeah. That date is sticking out in my head. Anyways, um, I left in December and had no idea what I was going to do. Obviously, I was doing cookies. Right. And I was, at that time, I don't think I was baking for Penny Lane. Um, sorry about the train. I live literally... On a train track. On a train track. <laughs> um, I think it was like that week that I quit or maybe the week after where um, my friend who owns a local coffee shop asked me to bake their vegan desserts and stuff. And that was like such a blessing. That was your lifeline. Like that was It a, literally that was, was literally what I needed to kind of take the jump and be like, okay, financially I can do this. It'll be a struggle. Yeah. I will not be making as much money. But like... But you made it. Like, that was oh, your 100%. life and jacket. Oh, 100%. And I'm still, I'm still living the life that I was living then mm-hmm. financially. And that is, like, such a blessing. Yeah. And even if I did have to take a cut back, like I was telling you, I don't have to freaking get my nails done. I don't have to go get massages. I don't have no. to have an expensive workout class. I could mm-hmm. definitely cut back financially. And that is just, like such a blessing to me that yeah. I don't have to go into work every day. Well, and, and like, yeah, now you get to do it like on your own terms. You get to do yeah. like, it's the, the freedom of not having spend, a nine to five. Right. I get to spend every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with my kid all yeah. day. And it just like me and justice, my friend out of context, we picked up Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what we do now. Wednesdays yeah. are our day. Like yeah. we go and do whatever we want to do on Wednesdays. Like usually we don't really spend any money. Mm-hmm. Like, but we just go do whatever we want to do. Maybe get like a nice coffee, like whole day I'll spend like 10 bucks and I'll have like a great day. Yeah. And it's like, I cannot imagine. Yeah. Brad and I have talked about that now that we are not going back into the corporate world. Once you get this taste of freedom and happiness and discovering yourself outside of corporate America. Yeah. Capitalism. Yes. I mean, the veil of capitalism like covers up so many things you don't even realize what you're missing. Right. And I was kind of talking to my friend Ellie about this. Do you know Ellie? Yeah, you kind of met her at the coffee shop the other day. Yes. Um. So she is a boudoir photographer in Mm -hmm. Evansville. So she lives a similar lifestyle. Um. She just like on the run and go. Right. Just doing errands and then working a little bit on shoots and then editing photos and then doing social media stuff. So she has a very similar 
kind of entrepreneurship lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so I love being able to call my friends on a random Tuesday morning and be like, hey, do you want to go on a walk? Hey, do you want to meet me here? Hey, I do you want to FaceTime you? Go thrift shopping. Like, it is just... When we went thrift shopping the other day, that was yeah. on, what, a Thursday? I think so, yeah. Like, just because. Yeah. I love that. The freedom is amazing like selling your soul to the devil named capitalism it's not worth it it's literally not worth it i mean i'm not going to be one of those people who just like roams around and lives in a van Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's a little extreme yeah i i I I would if i didn't have a kid i think that'd be so i just i have to have a like a hot real shower yeah that's true you know it's like not i don't know and i do like stuff too much like you like stuff too much i do love stuff i mean so there's like this disconnect that I have with that like side right. of the um extreme. Right. You know, but right. like yeah, no, the like to be like no longer under the thumb of capitalism right. in corporate America is I mean, I, I don't even know. I can't even explain yeah. what it's like. You know when you come inside after you're carrying in groceries and you set down all your groceries and you're like, Ugh The physical weight and the yeah. mental weight. Like, it's just, yeah. like, immediately. Yeah. Or, like, that when you were, like, really worrying about something and you, f- like, find out that it wasn't true. Right. Or, like, you're waiting on, like, something and you get a call and they're, like, oh, it's not what you thought. Right. And you're, like, oh. Like, it's that, but all day. I told every my mom day. when I quit SSNC and I sent that email to HR that day and I was talking to you at the same time and yeah. sobbing and as soon as I sent that email, I shut my laptop and I took a breath for the first time in six months. Yeah. And I... Probably even, like, what, five years? Yeah, I, I mean, got being off a work. student, like, yeah. all of it is just I so I quit at about 3 or 4 p.m. that day. I got off work at... Got, got off, but, you know, quit you at 4 p.m. that day. Uh-huh. I hadn't seen daylight at 4 p.m. in six months. I... It was also winter. Yes. God. <laughs> I think I had this veil of productivity for my whole life and thinking if I were busy and productive yeah. and... And while I still am even being self-employed so busy. Right. I'm But it's on your own terms. With, yeah. I'm, you know like what I mean? you're busy for yourself. Right. You're doing things for yourself. Right. I'm doing this podcast. I'm baking. I'm baking for companies. I'm, right. You know, and Brad is similar to me in the idea that he definitely is productive and definitely has a lot going on, but it also he always kind of has these creative ideas rolling and he always kind of has these businesses thinking and it's not like it's not like we're just chilling on our couch all day watching tiktoks even though we do do that a lot well and that's the beauty of it is you get to choose when you're gonna do that yeah which is what corporate america is lacking and what these huge fortune 500 companies are into like google and apple and microsoft having that flexibility for their employees is so key and they've kind of cracked that code right of having a work-life balance and not just well and like everybody knows everybody knows that when you go to work you are very productive Mm -hmm. you get all of your shit done (laughs) and then for four hours or six hours Mm -hmm. you do nothing Mm -hmm. so why do i have to sit there right for those four hours why do i have to sit there for those six hours right like, give me tasks. Right. Let me do my job. Right. And then let me be done. Like, let me do what you pay me to do, and I'll do it. Yeah. Give me eight yeah. hours of work. Give me eight hours of work. Mm-hmm. But I don't want two hours of work and to sit there for right. the rest of the time. And it's similar to our education system, which I think yeah. is uh, being reformed just as much as 
the just as much as corporate America. Right. Um, but I think we're finally breaking free of because of COVID and because of our generation, mm-hmm. we're finally breaking free of that nine to five of that Henry Ford mentality. Right. Because it's not healthy and it's not normal and it's not it's what's sickening. meant to be. And I don't think I don't want this to come across that I'm telling everyone, quit your job and go be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That's not it. But I'm saying if you are miserable doing that nine to five, because I know some people that truly do like that. Right. My grandparents, I think they thrive on that. Right. And maybe it's that generation. May I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's their personality. But I think that so many of um, millennials are just finally realizing and opening their eyes that we can change this and we don't have to right. do what our parents did. Thank God. Well, know? and it's not like quit your job or you know, flip your whole life upside down. Like yeah. my life was kind of forcibly flip upside mm-hmm. down and, and you really didn't have a choice either. It was kind of yeah. like you got to a point where you broke. You didn't have right. this like, oh, I think I'm going to quit my job today right. because I'm tired of this capitalist America. It's, right. I've literally been beaten down so hard that I have And then I just stumbled left. and figured it out along yeah. the way, thankfully. But I wouldn't ever want to be a proponent, a proponent of like, quit your job and figure it out. But I am a proponent of if you realize that this is not for you, then do everything you can and work hard to figure out how you can get out of it. Right. Well, and I also think it's very important, like, especially when you work, maybe say for a company that's local Mm -hmm. or for a smaller company, like challenge it, Mm -hmm. challenge it Mm -hmm. like there. And I think that's the difference between our generation and the one before they learn to accept things. Right. We learned that we can challenge them. Right. And let's, uh, let's challenge it. I encourage everybody to challenge something that Definitely. you don't believe to be right. Like, Definitely. because what is the worst thing that can happen? You're going to be shot down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you're going to sit at that miserable job anyways. Like mm-hmm. absolutely challenge something if it doesn't, yeah. you know, I got, um, a promotion when I worked at USI because I challenged, I told them, you know, that I was doing much more. I needed to be a part of the management team they made me a manager. I got a $10,000 pay raise. Um, all it took was that grit. All it took was me asking Yeah. and me showing, this is what I've done for you. This is the value that I add to your team. Mm-hmm. And it's confidence that I had in that. Um, and then also, uh, when I got hired, uh, at the job that Brad was at, I, uh, negotiated my pay when I started. So I got a couple thousand dollars more than they offered, which wasn't huge, but it's hmm. anything. It was still a cut. Yeah. Um, so I have had a lot of experiences like that in my life where I ask for things and I go get things that I want. And I think that that's helped me a ton. Well, and that's the other thing, like I said earlier, like if you're surrounded by like a team or a group of friends, people in your life that inspire you and they challenge you, mm-hmm. I mean, you adopt that mentality and you're not right. just stuck in this rut where like right. people work for their entire lives so right. they can retire quite literally never right the average retirement age in the united states is never right you work until you die yeah like and that is not cool right like that is not even retirement at 60 or 65 right like think about how much life you have to spend to finally enjoy your life at what yeah and we were told and i think a lot of our previous generations were told if you get an education and you work hard you won't have to do what we did right yeah, but, but here we are. Here we are. Stuck. With 
crippling student debt. $50,000. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I have like 28 or something. Yeah. And you're just what? And like now I have no money. Mm -hmm. Cashed out my 401k. Mm -hmm. Mom's dead. Brother's dead. Mm -hmm. No money. No family. Mm -hmm. 16 in the middle of Miami. Yep. Like now what? Yeah. And, and you know, you believe that lie that everybody told. Yeah. Like, oh, go to school, get educated. It's like, right. here I am, educated. And maybe that did work in our grandparents' generation when inflation people was did so that. much lower. Well, and people didn't do it very often. Right. Like, not everybody went to college. Now, bachelor's degree right. is when nothing. Right, you could be a doctor in three years after high school. Yeah. You know now what I mean? Now it takes 12. Right. And it takes 200 grand. Yeah, or and, more. Right. And blood, sweat, tears, real life, 72-hour right. shifts, sleeping. And I'm sleeping. very proud of our friends who are in med school and in law school. Yeah. And But they shouldn't make it so hard. Right. Like, it should be so much more accessible. And yeah. until we change that... It will continue for our children. Um, And by the time that Ledger is going to college, it will be um, minimum wage will still be, you know, $12 and college will be $80,000 a year, you know, and it's it's for public schools. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, we went to public school. Right. And I still have like more debt than I could. Mm -hmm. Like my student loans are about half of what I paid for my house. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. And, you know, you get on Indeed or monster or um linkedin you're looking for jobs and like right now all i can find is like general manager at rallies Mm -hmm. or long john silvers Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm not really above much i wouldn't really be above that but i cannot accept a job where i'm gonna get paid less than the total amount of my loans Mm -hmm. a year yeah that's crazy. I yeah. mean, like, I didn't go to school for six years and spend $50,000 to get a job that I could have gotten out of high school. Right. And, you know, I'm, I don't want to crap on those people because we need those people. I eat at rallies. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not... I, I, those people need to exist, and I think they need to be taken care of, and I think they deserve health care. I think they deserve rights. I think they deserve happiness and vacation time. I think they deserve all those things. Mm-hmm. I think they deserve more money. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I can't, I can't go do that when... I've studied for six years, so like I wanted to sit at a desk or make big decisions in like a corporation. I went and studied for so long to be able to analyze sets of data and like understand tables and software and like the economy Mm -hmm. so I can make big, large scale decisions on like business operations. And here I sit. And it's kind of, it's just a slap in the face when you are on those job searching websites and you do see a, a position that you would thrive in and that you're interested in and it pays a joke amount of money right yeah right and it well and it ties into like what i said about hr like yeah there are so many places that are have hr departments that are so extremely overstaffed un, or understaffed overworked undervalued mm-hmm. that they don't even have the time to effectively quickly take down a listing when they hire somebody so that job posting will sit there for weeks. Right. And like there are people out there like me who are like, oh, yes, thank God. Like there's something. No, it doesn't really exist because HR for, like couldn't quite literally couldn't take it down because they haven't had time. They've been doing like all these other things that are more pressing. Right. And it's like a lot of people don't think about that, too. Yeah. Like Lana is applying for jobs right now. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I haven't heard a call back from them. And I'm like, it might just it's already filled. Yeah. You know, you don't know, um, and, like, that's what I, I hate so bad about this, like, corporate America thing, where, like, the part of the business that's supposed to take care of the people 
is the least staffed, is the least right. paid, is the least valued. Like, everyone, like, rolls their eyes when HR walks in the room because they think they're in trouble or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my God, like, these are the people who are supposed to be there for you. This is yeah. this should be the pillar yeah. of your, your corporation, yeah. should be the HR. My experience is at least most of the time corporations don't care about their employees. Right. And I try and tell people as often as possible, my dad is – he overshares a lot, for example. Um, and I'm always telling him he recently quit his job and moved to Evansville. And when he was quitting, he was telling me that he was talking to, uh, his supervisor and explaining, Oh, I have to move to Evansville, be with my kids. I'm going to do this. And I'm like, dad, they don't need to know that they need to know you're leaving. You need Mm -hmm. to give them, you know, your two weeks and and you need to be, uh, courteous and professional. Right. All it does is I guess give them leverage that they would be able to use against you. And I think that that can go for a lot of personal relationships as well. So I don't, I don't share a lot with people that I don't really, really trust as I'm talking here, sharing everything on a public platform. But But. (laughs) I will tell you, here's something that a lot of people don't know. And I think this is very important information when you're talking about leaving jobs, moving jobs, like making life decisions, a company cannot basically talk shit about you like Mm -hmm. to a different company. They are literally not allowed to do that. They're allowed to tell the new company that's doing a reference or like a check that they would rehire you or not. That's about it. Right. That's about what they can say. So like that personal information, like it is important, but you can also remember that like, it's not the end of the world. If you like screw something up and you like need to go somewhere, like don't think I'm not going to put that on my resume anymore. Right. Because I screwed up. Well, there, you get to go in and describe what happened right. because all they get to know is that you are not rehirable. That can mean a thousand different things. Exactly. And it usually is not a determining factor of whether or not they're going to call you in for an interview or they're going to hire you. For a lot of entry-level positions, um, they don't call previous employers and they don't call references and they don't check on things. Right. A lot of places that I've applied to have not checked that I have a degree, which is shocking to me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm not saying lie about your degree, but I'm saying that you don't, you don't have to always say, um, I worked here for six months and I hated everyone and it was a horrible experience, but you know, you can be honest and say, I learned this, this, and this, I didn't like this, this, and this about the company. So I'm hoping that on my next venture that I can find a place that is inclusive and you know, you can always spin it around and. Or you um, can follow our advice and you can just not work for corporate America anymore. And you can just be poor like us. <laughs> you know, and, and there's this there's this magic. There's magic in the air of yeah. being poor. I know. Of being a of scumbag. Of being scrappy. I love it. I, I love, love it too. being a scumbag. I do too. My recent thing is like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I went to Goodwill the other day. You're like, ew, some... Goodwill. No, 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 no. That's not it. No, no. Let me no, finish. No, we go through shopping We love... But so I went to Goodwill the other day and I bought some t-shirts and they're such crappy t-shirts, right? Oh, I love crappy t-shirts. Crappy t-shirts. A good sleep shirt that's like 3XL. No, not even that. These were my size. They're good t-shirts, Yeah. but they're just like crappy. Like one of them was like a Samuel Adams Mm t-shirt, like something so frat bro. Right. Like why would you, why would I get that? I have no business wearing that, but I still got it and I cut the fucking arms off Mm -hmm. and I made a cut off. Yeah. Like I'm a scumbag yeah, and I love, I love that. I love like, it. Explore yeah. your scum. I love being above nothing. Yeah. Same. Like why, why do you think that you need to be above yeah. 
something. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I just said it earlier that I was above working for <laughs> Long John Silver's, but it's because all the work I did, I do feel like I, I like have to hold this, like, I have to maintain this composure in this conversation about how I, I do need to like step up my game, you know, like when mean? it comes to things like wearing cut off t-shirts, like, yeah, I love being a scumbag. Like we're, <laughs> we're living the experience. Yeah. Like, and that's so privileged. I do hate that, that like, you know, we get to like, yeah, tone we it down. are gentrifying the shit out of everything. However, well, no, because the bus is going to go regardless if we get on it. So I was like, let's save the planet a little and let's just ride the bus around. Well, we're just trying to experience life. Yeah. We're just trying to immerse ourselves in different cultures. That sounds so stupid because it's the freaking city bus. No, but but it is. But like poor people is a culture. And I can say that because I grew up poor. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of okay. We're probably going to get so bashed for this. I think it's kind of okay because we both grew up in poverty total poverty and yeah even though we had every i can't say that for you i had a meal on my table every day but right. we were very poor we had right. a single mom with two kids on a teacher's salary we were very poor yeah and so i'm very accustomed to these things that my grandparents and my mom did growing up that i think even middle class families would think is foreign. Yeah, like you know? kind of. Yeah, like well, that it almost is a different culture. Right. I mean, I grew up where like I didn't know if when I came home off of the bus, that if my house would have power. Yeah. Like I mean, I we were broke. Yeah. Like broke, yeah. like nobody's business. So I mean, like I'm not. That's what I think it is. Like the difference between this like white privileged, you know, look on like poor or like marginalized communities. Like I'm not here. To, like, do this as, like, a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. I'm here to humble myself. Exactly. And kind of go back to exactly. where I came from. Because, like, there are times where, like, you know, I've worked really hard my whole life to get where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel bad, mm-hmm. you know, for, like, being not... I, I will not use the term well-off. Like, well-off in my head is probably different from what a lot of people think well-off is. Mm-hmm. I mean, well-off, like... I don't have to worry about my bills. Same. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not like, oh my God, am I going to be able to like right. live if my Which, tire blows out? Like, yeah. how will I get to work? I can't afford it. Right. Like, I'm stuck and now I'm going to lose my job right. and you spiral into this horribleness. Right. Like, I don't have that. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about kind of how you feel about money and, and what you think the definition of poor is because I was talking to... Um, someone I'm very close to um, a few months ago and we were talking about kind of what it means to be poor and we grew up in a very similar situation Um, and so we both kind of I thought that we had the same idea of what it meant to be poor um, or what it meant to say we were specifically talking about the phrase I can't afford this Mm -hmm. and when I say I can't afford this I mean I can't afford, like, obviously I can't afford a Lamborghini because I do not have the funds in my bank account. Right. But I also say I can't afford lunch today. Right. Or like going out to, I can't afford to go on a shopping. I can't afford to get, um, the $400 Nikes that I was looking at last night (sighs) because even though I do have the money in my bank account, so I could afford it in a way. Mm-hmm. I you have other obligations. Be, I have other obligations, and I want to not be freaked out every night that yeah. I might not be able to pay my bills. You, you want know? to keep your safety net. You're not going to burn up your parachute yeah, for and a pair so, of Nikes, right? And so this person and I were talking, and he basically said, 
Like, I will say I can't afford it because he is very cheap. And so when he was saying I can't afford it, I thought he meant he can't afford it. He doesn't have the money in his bank account. That's what I thought because he is always saying I can't afford it. I can't afford it. He lives very modestly. He lives Mm -hmm. in like a $350 apartment, which in Evansville is, it's a literal studio. Studio, yeah. Yeah. Um, He does not buy a lot at all lives very very modestly Mm -hmm. and so i always took that as oh he literally doesn't have 20 dollars in his bank account so we were laughing because he about a year ago moved into this new apartment and i like took him to walmart and bought him a bunch of stuff um to kind of get his apartment started because obviously he's the closest person in my life and i didn't want him to go without plates and forks and right so we bought shower curtains and towels and and things because he was moving out of his girlfriend's house they had broken up into his own home and um come to find out he's a millionaire come to find out he (laughs) had like 10 grand in his bank account right and we were cracking up because i was like dude i thought you meant you didn't have 20 dollars to your name and he's like you are impoverished yeah and he's like no i and i was like buying him ramen like i was like scared for him and at that time like when this happened a year and a half ago or whatever, I had only had like maybe a grand to my name, but I was spending like $200 at Walmart because I thought he had nothing. Right. And so it was so funny because we realized, no, I was just, I had like 10 grand. I was saying I can't afford it in this sense. And I was like, so why'd you let me spend $200 at Walmart on towels and the, you know? And he's like, I thought you were just being nice. I thought, (laughs) and I'm like, I hate you. (laughs) So anyways, very long story to say that you need to be, I guess, more specific, I guess. Well, also money is, your money is nobody else's business. It's not at all. However. If somebody's spending money on you thinking that you're broke, that's a pretty unique circumstance. Right. And he wasn't doing it to get money out of me or to be vindictive. He truly, he. Just thought you were being. we, We were on such a different level. And with people that you are close with or your spouse or the person that you're sharing bills with. I think maybe it's important to be a little bit more specific. And and now with my friends, and of course I'm not telling Brad every day, we just got lunch. I'm not telling him, I have, you know, $200 to my name. I can spend $20 on lunch. But I'm telling him, hey, I can't afford to, you know, go shopping today at the mall. Let's go to the thrift store instead. You know, I just had a very expensive um, bill for Ledger for a doctor's appointment a while ago. Um, It was like $400 that I wasn't expecting. And so even though that's fine, like, and I paid it or whatever, it still is $400 I wasn't expecting to come out of my bank account. Well, and it kind of circles back to like, you know, we're talking about like riding the bus and like experiencing this different like culture in quotation marks. Mm -hmm. It's like not, it's kind of like we, that's like going to our roots. Like Mm -hmm. we... We at one point did belong in that culture. And in college, I think a lot of college kids are like this. I had like $10 to my name and I would like go out for ice cream in college. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't have any response. But now that I am an adult, I have a mortgage, I have a child. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot of anxiety and pressure Mm -hmm. because I always want to make sure that I will be able to take him to the ER. Mm -hmm. I will, which you, you could no matter what, but... That I will be able to pay for an unexpected medical bill for him. That I and will it be not able destroy you. Right, right. That right. I will be able to get him things that he needs. You know, so. Well, and I just think too many people get caught up in like this. 
um, this facade, this lie, the mask that you wear all day to like prove to people that you are doing so well. Right. And it's like, you know, why, why is it taboo to ride the bus? Right. You know, why is it that why like, would you more think, people don't walk places? Yeah. Why would you think more highly of someone because they're driving in a Rolls Royce rather than if they pulled up on the city bus? I didn't like, I don't want to say that like things buy you happiness. It was more the feeling of like comfort and security though security. contribute to happiness. Yes. People say money doesn't buy happiness, but you know what does buy happiness? Health. Right. And stability and, and security. Not worrying, safety. not having the anxiety. Yeah, like knowing that you get to like afford your When you're basic worried needs. about money, at least for me, it's all I think about. Your basic needs being met, yeah, that does contribute to happiness. Mm -hmm. Money doesn't buy happiness is something rich people say. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, money doesn't buy happiness like past a certain threshold, mm -hmm. but poverty ensures misery. Mm -hmm. Like, absolutely. And Definitely. you and I talked about this the other day. Poverty is so hard to get out of. Mm -hmm. It is unbelievable how hard it is to get out of poverty. Yeah. It's because unreasonable. Because our world, our country is set up to punish poor people. Um, well, to capitalize. And keep them in poverty. Yeah. You know, to because capitalize it's a money maker. Like everyone says like, oh, well, we need those workers. You know, we need those people. Like, Yeah. You do. Yeah. That's why you keep them at this point where yeah. they constantly, they have to stay yeah. as a manager at rallies or they have to stay as um, a greeter at Walmart. Yeah. They have to because they cannot quite literally afford to dig themselves right. out of that hole of poverty. Right. Like the fact that anyone can escape poverty is incredible it's, to me. It is. It it's is incredible. Such a... Without a reset button. Like yeah. I got to go to college. Yeah. I got this like reset button. Yeah. You know, I took it. Yeah. I took it and yeah. I ran with it and I never looked back. My mom was the first person in our extended family to go to college. Mm -hmm. And Tyler and I, the fact that we both graduated from college and we're both getting our masters and we'll be done Astounding. in a year is shocking. And we have a large family. Um, and of course that does not, um, that does not secure financial stability, no. but it makes it a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, it does. You know? Yeah. And not talking on, down on uneducated people. Not at all. I think the- Because there are so many people smarter than me. Yeah. That, that don't have a degree. That don't have a degree. Well, so and, and the access to education, again, mm -hmm. is privileged. Yeah. I mean, it's so privileged yeah. to be education able to get Education was very valued in our home because yeah. my mom had gotten a degree and it mm -hmm. was all, it was not an option for my brother and I to not go to school. Right. Um, it, it never was a thought in my mind that I would not go to school. Like it kind of goes back to the fact that there are so many things that are set up in this company, this country that you don't think about because you're not aware of them. Mm -hmm. Because and like, it doesn't affect you. Right. Well, yeah. no, but it does. And you just don't realize it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't directly affect you. And, like, the fact, like, you have access to that, like, level of education mm -hmm. is so important. I mean, like, I think everyone should get educated, but I don't think it's... I think too many people, like, like look around this idea of college and university that, like, you go and you do homework and, you know, you learn this and you get a piece of paper. But, like, what did you take from college? Mm -hmm. The experience. I took like the networking, I took the like life lessons that I learned from people who like I had met a global community of people 
that I otherwise would have never been exposed to. And I mean, it like completely shaped the way that I live my life every day. Right. Like I don't, it's not that I'm smarter. It's just that I'm like, I hate the term woke. And we have to ourselves. What do you mean? By like talking about privilege, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to make it seem like we're defending ourselves. Okay. Yeah. By being white. But I'm also not, you know, I'm an advocate for people to, you know, get educated so they can do the same. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, so wrapping it up, we had a little bit of a break. Um, We had the mailman come to the door, so my dog was kind of freaking out. But um, I wanted to finish off with asking Brad what I've asked my past two guests, which is if you had like a one-liner piece of advice to give someone, what would it be just about life? I would say the most important thing that anybody can really do is work on yourself before you work, you know, on extracurricular things like work and, you know, a relationship or, you know, a hobby, like work on yourself and identify those things that you really want to do and start making decisions freely based on, you know, who you want to be, not who you think you're supposed to be because it's what your job tells you or what school told you or your parents told you. Like, that was the whole thing that we've talked about this episode is, like, getting out from underneath that thumb of, like, pressure that's on top of you. Just, like, living freely and really deciding what you want to do. Because any one of these people could be taking our advice and it might not really be for them. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe they don't really want to quit their job. They just feel inspired because we are so happy. Mm -hmm. And they think they will be, too. Because we looked at all those people... At nine to five jobs with security. And we're like, oh God, they have it so good. Like they are so happy. They are so financially secure and they are stable. If you're always chasing stuff, you're not going to be happy ever. So like the real work, the real work that you and I have both had to do this past like six months Mm -hmm. has been internal. 100%. Has been mental, emotional. Self-reflection. Debilitating work on yourself. Like whenever Jacob will come home from work and I'm sitting there in bed still like haven't done anything. Hair is stuck up. And I'm like, man, today has been such a whirlwind. Right. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, like, because it is a full day's work inside my head. Uh Uh-huh. Like, and I think everybody needs that. And that is the work that everybody is avoiding to do. Yeah. Everyone is avoiding that. So be your most authentic self and really start making decisions freely based on what you want to do and be happy at all costs. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Brad. I love you so much. I love you more. (laughs) All right. Check Brad out. Um, I'll put your socials in the show notes. But yeah. Is there anything else you want to say? I love uh, Fritz. (laughs) (laughs) If you've heard any panting throughout this podcast, it uh, contrary to popular belief is not me. It is Fritz, my dad's dog, who is over at my house right now. Um, And he's like the best dog ever. But he is very loud. But we love him. We love him. (laughs) We do love him. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good day.